In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. And so Joseph went up from the town of Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for your gift. We thank you this time of uh, of christmas and just pray that you would speak to us in your word whether it be uh, jump starting something or just giving us that little push that we need this morning to truly celebrate what this is all about with joy in a way that blesses your heart. Lord, as much as we want you to speak, it is so that we can speak back to you, so that we can give back to you what you so richly deserve. Help me to speak. Go beyond that to help us to hear. More than that, to respond today even in a way that celebrates with joy you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, we've finished out the year fighting for joy, including here at Christmas. And we've talked about not being a Grinch and not being a... Scrooge, there you go. Neither of whom we want to be like. And so to do that, it makes sense in many ways to just be the opposite of that. uh, To jump in with both feet and 
those guys who didn't want anything to do with Christmas, who didn't want to celebrate Christmas, to say, you know what, we're going all in here, and we are going to celebrate big time. We're going to fight for a joy that wants to have the best Christmas ever. And during this Christmas season, there's all kinds of concerts and shows and parties and other ways that maybe you celebrate. Uh, but hopefully in all the busy time of all the, quote, celebrating of Christmas that we do, that we don't forget why we're celebrating. Right here in Luke chapter 2. It is the birth of Christ and all that that means and all that that brings with it. In a sense, we should be joyously celebrating Jesus' birthday. It's not merely when we say best Christmas ever about me having the best Christmas ever. But could Jesus say that he's having the best Christmas ever? Even this year. Now, when you think about what was there in Luke chapter 2, and if you were really there and a part of that, that would have been some pretty amazing things that took place, including the whole angel uh, chorus and all that was going on with all of that. It would be memorable. It would be joyous. I mean, that was... But that shouldn't just be it. Can we restore a joy once again to the celebration in such a way that it becomes the best birthday celebration ever. I, I know some might be thinking, now, and, and, and there might be a little bah humbug in, in the voice as they would say this. Um, why are we still celebrating Jesus' birthday? I mean, I know we got the Christmas thing and we're doing this, but why are we still celebrating Jesus' birthday? I mean, he, he's already, he grew up. He died on the cross. He rose again. He's ascended to heaven. He's gone. You know, the birthday is over, you know. This whole you know, birthday party, Christmas thing, that, that happened. It's done. Okay, first off, the response to that is, he's not gone. In fact, the whole point of the Christmas story you read earlier in Matthew is that he is Emmanuel, God with us. He is here today, now. This is not something, someone who has passed. It is someone who is here. And unless we're going to get a little green in our grinchiness, you know, saying, well, uh, okay, well, there's a celebration, Jesus' birth, but you mentioned Luke chapter 2, Pastor. You got there. They, they were there. They celebrated. The shepherds came, and they did their thing, and it's done. All right, so Jesus is not done. He's still here, but, you know, that thing already happened. Why continue to celebrate that? Now, obviously, the first answer we can look at is not verse that read here but in matthew chapter 2 and the wise men you know when we think about the wise men they still chose to celebrate this birth the birth of christ by going to him even though they missed the party at the beginning you know the light went up Jesus was born, but it took a while for them to get here. 
As we read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, they showed up not at the manger, but at the house. In fact, how long ago did they show up at the house? You go back and you look next to on down the line there in verse 16, and it's quite possible that they showed up up to probably not two years later because Herod was probably trying to make sure he got all his bases covered, but it could have been easily a year and a half or uh, more than that. Later, the wise men came and celebrated the birth of Jesus. It wasn't just about that one thing that happened that first time, that first Christmas. It's not just that. It was a celebration that continued the next Christmas. It's a celebration that continued Christmas after Christmas, so to speak, of, of his birth. I give a personal illustration. Think about it this way. We were just uh, able to be there for the birth yesterday as a son was born to my daughter and her husband. Uh, as we think about this, Ezekiel Patrick Vector. So there he is. A couple different outfits there. Uh, uh, six pounds, 12 ounces, 20 inches long. All the ladies always ask, so I'm just going to go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, it, 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 so, you know, and that's pretty amazing. Wait till you see the next 43 pictures. No. I'm, jo- I'm joking, uh, right? Uh, but I, I honestly think about it. Imagine, you can imagine there's quite a celebration that took place at the birth of this little boy. You know, especially after almost 24 hours of labor, there was some serious celebration of joy that this boy had arrived. This was his birth date. And the people were there and they were celebrating this birth date. But guess what? Next year, we're going to be celebrating his birth date. And the next year after that, and the next year after that, and continue and continue because, you know, that's what we do. And sometimes we're thinking about having this joyous celebration for Jesus. Well, it was a joy there that first Christmas. All the angels, yeah, it was good. But you know what? It happened in the past. That's the way we do it here. I mean, we continue to remember. Celebrating the gift that God has given us in Him. I mean, if you think about it, a birthday is not just a celebrating, it's not just celebrating the beginning of life that it's not just celebrating the beginning of someone's life really as you go on a birthday is a celebration of their life period not just of their birth they were born but it's a celebration of their life the celebration of the gift that they are from god to us he was born and you know it it continues on and celebrating those birthdays And that's the way it should be with Jesus, continuing on, celebrating with joy that this is His day. And we should be fighting with joy to make this the best birthday celebration ever. Not for us, but for Him. How do we do that? This morning we're going to look at two different parts to a successful celebration or party, if you prefer. You know, a couple different things. The first thing is that let's bring our best presence to the party. All right? 
Uh, obviously, there's more to a birthday party than presents, but even when you don't have much of a party and not much is going on, a lot of times you have presents. Most of the time, you have presents. Yes, it's nice to say happy birthday to someone, but you know it's even nicer to go beyond that uh, to actual action where you give them something. Giving gifts is a way that we can show that we love now, I know some might be thinking, well, I don't know. It's just a little too much focused on things, you know, like giving. It's too much focus on things, which kind of sounds like the phrase, Christmas is just another excuse to pick a man's pocket, uh, as Scrooge said. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to do those kinds of things. And while it can be worldly, and we can get, in a sense, uh, the wrong focus in the giving of gifts... The truth is, in many ways, the giving of gift is heavenly. Kevin just read it earlier, John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world, he gave. The giving of gifts, presence, is, is something that even God gave to us. It's not a bad thing. Even in, in our giving of gifts, one another can be a reminder of the love and generosity of the Father in heaven. Of the greatest gift. By the way, I, I don't know if you have caught the fact that gifts, you know, many, how many of you wrap gifts, right? You're just following the tradition uh, that started long ago. The first Christmas gift was wrapped. You know that, right? Luke 2.12, and you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Not really, when you, when you think about this, how many of us actually go to somebody's birthday party and expect that we're going to be the ones to get presents? It's kind of silly when you think about it. And at Christmas, when we come to this time of celebration, what is our attitude? Is it an attitude about getting or is it an attitude about giving and for some yes it's about giving but it's about giving to everybody else around us when do we have that attitude that turns to an action that is about giving to the one whose birthday we're actually celebrating to make this the best celebration ever in this kind of way I mean, that's the way it should be as we come into a service like this here today, a worship service. It should be based on not what we're going to get, but what are we going to give unto Him who gave it all. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. Bringing our best presence, giving our gifts is something that can be a joy. And for many, there it is a greater joy to give than it is to receive. I, I can remember at Christmas child, when, at Christmas time, when our children were growing up, uh, there would almost be a, uh, I don't know, they got to a fight, but definitely an argument about who is going to give gifts first. You see, we, we would start out, and, and in our house... We didn't have, we did not have mass chaos like in some houses. We were very organized and 
We had, you know, people, we took turns opening our gifts and all kinds of things. So as we started, we started out with exchanging the gifts that we'd gotten for one another kind of thing. And and so the kids would be like, no, I want to give mine. No, I want to give mine. You know, I'm going, you got to take mine. Mine first, mine, mine. You know, even though there was a mine, mine, it was really about them fighting about giving uh, because there's just a, an excitement uh, of of being, of giving. And the excitement comes from the love from where that gift is coming. I mean, God loves a cheerful giver. We know in Second Corinthians chapter 8. Are we showing him that? When we look at the Christmas story in Matthew, we see that the point of giving even our best, giving our best can be seen in the wise men. In Matthew chapter 2, they brought some rather expensive gifts that they put a lot of thought into in verse 9 in Matthew chapter 2. After they heard that the king... After they heard the king, they went on their way and they saw the star in the east and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with Mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. These are rather unique gifts, gifts that had meaning and that they had brought with them. Gifts that were their best gifts, really. The best gifts fit for a king in what they were bringing before him. Each gift symbolic in different ways. Uh, gold. Gold was special. I don't think they went to Jared, but... Gold was special, you know. It it, it was special in the way that, in many different ways, including being symbolic of kingship, of his kingship, of Jesus' kingship. Frankincense, a fragrant gum, a resin that was ground to a powder and burned as incense, symbolic of his priesthood. Myrrh, a, a costly resin Uh, from a small thorny tree that was used in perfumes, anointing oils, and embalming. And while each one can have various different symbolism to it, this is symbolic of his suffering and his death. These gifts had meaning. These gifts were their best. They had thought through before they made that long journey. What are we bringing to Jesus this Christmas? See, ultimately, when the wise men brought it, it was in the context of worship. The giving of gifts is worship. Offering is a time where we express our praise and our thanksgiving in a real and tangible way, bringing our gifts before Jesus. A little later this morning, that's what we're going to do. You notice we hadn't taken the offering and received the offering yet because we're going to do that in response to the message of making this the best birthday celebration ever for jesus that he it's about him and and we'll give instructions later about how we're to come to do this but think through even as the wise men came it wasn't just dropping their gift off it was a sense of worship that took place expressing their heart their love 
not just with their lips, but with their life in a way that was a real. That's what we do. In fact, that's what we do every time there is offering, uh, an offering time in the service. It is not a commercial break in the middle of our regularly scheduled programming. Okay? This is not a time where, okay, for all those of you who forgot to do something earlier or somebody got to talk to or text or whatever, now is the time to do it during offering. That's not what it is. Offering is our time to bring our gifts before the Lord. It is as much worship. In fact, the reality is it is more, should be, more worship than our singing. But so oftentimes it's just with our lips and we walk away in our life and don't live it. It's a time where we back up what we've been singing. In fact, probably, you know, as we work through this, you'll see that worship to attribute worth to Jesus, to make this the best birthday ever, bringing our best presence. And we've got to watch out for those excuses that, that people say oftentimes, you know, it's the thought that counts. And, and yes, thought does count, but how many times have we heard somebody use that and it, it's just an excuse? There hasn't been much thought. Only that, oh, I didn't forget. You know, it's a thought that counts. I picked this up at the gas station when I had to stop before I got here. Uh, oh, they don't tell you that, but, you know, it's the thought that counts. Sometimes I think in our gifts to God, we're displaying uh, uh, this picture. You know, look what these kids got. Oh, boy, new air guitar. Oh, can I have your old one? You know, now some of you may not get this who are a little younger, but it used to be a time there was a lot of yeah, air guitars, right? You know, you're going all up and down there. Wow, what a great gift of parent, you know. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. Uh, not sure that's the way that is. You know, there's a difference between even the people that we give gifts to. There's going to be a, a difference in the gift you get your spouse versus the elephant gift for the office Christmas party. There's a difference between the, the little gift you might get a paper boy out of a, a thanking him for this year versus your own little boy. It's not wrong that there's a difference. We put more meaning and we put more into gifts to people that have more meaning in our hearts. So how much meaning does Jesus have in our hearts? Where does Jesus fit? When we give unto him, is it just like being polite? That's what we're supposed to do. That's what good Christians do. Or does it come out of a deep devotion that loves him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength? As we bring our best presence to him. All out. Not just giving him our leftovers. But our best. Not just an afterthought, but one that we truly, from our head and our heart, want to give. To say that this well, it doesn't matter, it is just thought that counts. And Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there is your heart also. 
in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Notice, and I want you to just think about this for a moment. He did not say, where your heart is, is where your treasure. My heart's with Jesus. I really love him. He's just the best. And so that's where my treasure is. It really doesn't matter what I give him. It really doesn't matter what I do because my heart's with him. He says, "Uh uh-uh. Where your treasure is, is where your heart is. Where your treasure, not just where your heart, where you're thinking and all this kind of wimpy stuff, but the kind of love that says all out with everything I got. Giving Jesus the best gift or presence should not really be that hard. It really shouldn't be that much of a hassle considering not only that all the gifts that we give to God actually has come from Him, but it's just all the gifts He's given to us in general. We think this through. Um, Another way to think through this, our kids growing up, why it shouldn't really be that hard for us to give, to really give our best to God. All right, so my kids wanted, uh, would want to give, when they were little, 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 they would want to give, uh, one uh, at Christmas, give mom and dad and brother and sister. You know, they wanted to give gifts. They wanted to be a part of that. And and so and while there might be something that they would make, they also wanted, you know, to, to get something, to go and think through and get something at the store. And so oftentimes um, they would go with me. We would go out and... Uh, because they didn't have money when they were little. Uh, they, you know, some people like, well, well, didn't they get an allowance? They still had chores to do. We just considered that there were certain things. If you live in our house, this is what you do. Uh, you don't get paid for being a part of our family. Uh, so they, along with many other lessons that they learned. And maybe some of you had those. Uh, so anyway, we would go out. And they would go with dad, and maybe they got something for other sister or not. We would do that, and they think about what they want. But definitely have to get something for mom. And they were on a budget. So they had to think through what they wanted, what, what, you know, what that cost was involved. And we would look for the best that they could get, the best deal, the best gift, and what really they wanted. All right, and, and that, was, that was special. They, 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 that's part of the gifts that they wanted to give and, and see. Uh, as far as see how the parents, you know, and the and the brothers and sisters, they just thought it was a, a great thing. Now, here's the thing. On Christmas morning, my kids gave me a gift that was bought with my money. Okay, you with me? And I thought it was wonderful. I loved the gift. Yes, it was with my money, but it didn't make the gift less to me. Their heart and their mind, that what they were able, what they were capable of doing, they were were able to do with what they had. And the fact that they were using my money, it did not bother me. Guess what? Whatever we give to God is using his money. Whatever present we get, because everything we have has come from him. Everything. 
And so it really shouldn't be hard to go out shopping with God's money, so to speak, or to put in an envelope God's money to give to him. Now, did I need some of those amazing ties that I got for Christmas? I probably didn't need each one of those amazing ties, but I still love them. Does God need our gifts? And we're talking about giving to him and bringing to him. Does it need? That's not what it's about. It's about our hearts needing to give. Our hearts needing to make this the best celebration ever. Not just at Christmas, but at any time as we come and bring our gifts before him. He loves it. Let's bring our best present to the party. But let's look at the second part of this. Let's bring our best presents to the party as well. Not just bring our best presents, but our best presents to the party. Hopefully you're catching the difference between these two, trying to pronounce those two different words. I know they sound differently. This picture might help you think that through. Luke, I know what you got me for Christmas. I felt your presence. Okay, those of you who don't know Star Wars, that's totally like, I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, That's okay. You don't have to know. If you're going to have the best birthday celebration ever, you don't want to just drop your present off and leave. You want to stay and be a part of the actual celebrating with his presence, with your presence there, your person there, not just your gift. And what makes a birthday celebration special is the presence of others who care about that birthday person. Celebrate with them. That we not just bring our gifts, our present, but we bring ourselves. In fact, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is is your true and proper worship is bringing your presence yourself in luke chapter 2 verse 15 and 16 we read earlier we read the shepherds who went and so um, in verse 15 when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the lord has told us about and so they hurried off and found mary and joseph and the baby was lying in the manger they went to celebrate this birth they dropped everything they left their responsibilities including their sheep out in the field and came to bow before the king In the same way, bringing our best presence. I mean, not only when you think about it, it's not just the shepherds did this, the angels did this. Uh, Later on, Simeon and Anna, in a sense, did this. And even the wise men who came all dropped everything they had and they came in that moment and brought their best presence to be. And when I say best presence, when we experience a celebration of Christmas, our best presence should not just be one that is closer to apathy or, or, or shouldn't it be more closer to awe and wonder? Our presence should actually be present. 
Not someone thinking, well, you know what, I'm here. I'm not sure where. Uh, I mean, I'm here. At least I'm here. Have you ever heard that? You know, how, how exciting is that? You come, somebody comes to your birthday party. Uh, I got Mark's there up here. They come in, they give you the gift. Here's your gift. You know what? Yeah, yeah here's your gift. <sighs> okay, I'm here. Woohoo! Well, I'm glad you're here at my party. Ooh, you're really livening it up here. Yeah, love the joy. You know, there's some people, they're just there. As we think about celebrating Christmas, what kind of presence do we have at the party? What do we like? We just kind of lump on the log, you know, I, I'm here. Uh, whatever you know i could be someplace else but i'm not i i I made the sacrifice to be here yeah to give our best presence of our person is to be fully engaged and sometimes i think the most joyful and celebrating way of christmas that we're supposed to have we end up, maybe not on the outside, but on the inside, looking like this. Yeah, I got joy. That's, that's how we're celebrating Christmas. I'm here. And I got joy. <laughs> Holding it in my hand. Are we thrilled at being at Jesus' birthday? party celebration are we thrilled to be a part of that jesus came to bring joy to the world it is that same joy that we experience at christmas time it should be that same joy not only throughout the season and just on christmas day it should be the same joy on december 25th as the same joy that happens on december 26th there shouldn't be a difference because this is really the joy for him. It's not just about the 25th. It's not just all the time up to be before that, but to continue to celebrate who he is and what this is all about. When all the food is gone, the decorations have come down, the family has gone to their own homes, our joy should not fade away and be thrown out to the curb with a dying Christmas tree. A joy of celebrating who Christ is should just continue to grow bringing our best presence to Him at all times. And often the birthday celebrations, we sing happy birthday to you, right? Happy birthday to you, happy birthday. We sing songs to the person whose birthday it is. Guess what? We did that earlier. We're going to do it in just a little bit here. Sing songs to the person whose birthday it is. And when we sing happy birthday, we actually use their name. It makes it personal. We actually, well, we use His name here as well, right? We sing through this. Isaiah 43, the people who I formed for myself will declare my praise. Since Christ's coming was joy to the world, it should not be hard for there to be joy in the church and with His people. Psalm 100, 
verse 1 to 5, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pastures. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and His faithfulness to all generations. That is bringing your best presence to a party celebrating Jesus and all who He is. Like the wise men, we bring our presence to the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come and adore Him, to celebrate His birth. How is it possible to be able to experience such an amazing joy and such amazing celebration? How do we get ourselves from just not just sitting and, and being lumps? It's not just something that we work up within ourselves. That's what we need to understand. It's not like, you know what? You need an attitude change. You do. But we can't change our attitude ourselves so often. It's not about us again. It's about Him. The way that we can experience the kind of joy that we need in celebrating Christ, the way that our presence can have the joy before Him, is recognizing that it's not at the party just our presence that matters, but His presence. Psalm 16, 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How can we have such a joy before Jesus? Because not just something that's in us, but because we are in His presence. I I, I mean, it just... It makes sense when we think through this whole uh, celebration with Jesus. And, and it's, uh, I mean, have you gone to a party? I don't know how many. I mean, maybe there's somebody that has. But how many have gone to a birthday party of someone who wasn't there? Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, listen, by the way, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to have a birthday party. At my house, two weeks from now. I won't be there, but yeah, I'm going to have a birthday party for you. Come. Out of everything that we're talking about, important to recognize is the presence of the person whose birthday we're celebrating, the presence of Jesus. Like in Luke chapter 1, verse 44. As Mary, pregnant with Jesus, walked in the house there with Elizabeth, who had John in her womb as well. In that moment, Mary says, the baby, John, as soon as I heard the voice of the the Lord, as soon as I, I knew that as soon as you came in here into the presence, John leaped for joy. Literally, the word there is he leapt for joy in her womb. You think babies are moving around a lot? This baby leapt for joy because Jesus had just come in the room. How are we in his presence? 
Are we leaping for joy in the presence of Jesus, encountering His presence at Christmas and always? At this time of year, what, and not just what are we, what are we doing in here, but what are we doing out there? You know, you got people that know you, family, friends, co-workers and all that, and they're seeing and saying, well, you know, I really appreciate that you're not a Grinch and you're not a Scrooge, you know. And well, and you're thinking, well, that's because I'm a Christian and, you know, I celebrate Christmas because Jesus is the reason for the season. Except they don't have a clue. That's why you're not a Grinch or a Scrooge. Because our joy doesn't bubble over enough for us to even say anything. To let them know. And, and again, it shouldn't have to be that stretch like, oh, I guess I've got to say something about Jesus being the reason. No, we should just be so overwhelmed with joy of celebrating what this is all about that it can't help but come out. It can't help. You know, do you think it's going to be, I mean, I'm, I'm not going on and on about the grandchild, but do you think it's going to be difficult for me to, when somebody starts talking about babies and grandchildren to speak? I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and I'm not going to say a word. What do you think? No. Neither should it be with Jesus. The relationship that we have with Him, where is it at? We show people that we don't just love Christmas, we love Christ. Like wise men and shepherds overflowing with true joy. You see, they left, they, they, they were so filled with joy that they left, it says in Luke chapter 2. And they spread the word, everything that they had heard and seen were just as they had told. As they were returning, glorifying and praising God with joy, they left. After the birth, they left. The joy celebrating all that is. And it's those times like that that Jesus say, you know what? That was the best birthday ever. And we're here, even today now, to worship Him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to recognize that the, the guest of honor of this birthday party is here. And some of you may say, I don't know, I don't know where Jesus is. For some... Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. For some of you just don't have that sense of joy. We, we're talking about there's joy in His presence. I don't know what that's like. You know of Jesus. You believe in your head that Jesus not only existed, but He died on the cross and He rose again, but it's all in our head. We haven't had that sense of His presence within our heart because He's standing at the door trying to get in. This Christmas... To fully receive the gift of Christ, to invite Him in to your life. And know not only Jesus coming in, but with Him joy, peace, and love. The worship team is going to lead us in a, a song of, of offering, right? And what we want to do is to worship Him in this way. Some of you have brought 
not just your regular tithes and offerings, but that special gift that we're sending off to the Christian Mission Alliance just to see his work, Jesus' work, go out across the world even more. encourage you to bring it. But as well, to not just bring your best present, but to bring your presence here. To think that through as you're coming in a sense of worship. If you need to, to tarry and stay up here, you can do that, but just kind of move towards the altar. And what I would ask is that for those who are on the left side as you're looking at me, so on this side, that side, and this side, that you would start in your rows, that you would start out and then go around and come, and you would stay around and just come back in that way. That way we're not running into one another. Does that make sense? So we start on that side. When you come over here and then go back in your row through the other side that you came out. Hopefully we'll be able to figure that out and follow one another in that way. So let's stand together. Father, I thank you that you gave a gift so immense, so amazing. A gift that has not stopped giving all these years, even in our own lives. And Jesus, we want to joyfully celebrate your birth and all that that means. We want to joyfully celebrate by bringing our best present and our best presence before you all in right here to give to you. Set us free, Holy Spirit. And these times yet in this service, set us free like the shepherds and the wise men to worship you with all the joy that you can give us because your presence is here even now. Bless this time. In your name, Jesus. Amen.